We are in Yavamos Tzadi Beis Omer Aleph 92a. And the Gemara now will be concluding its commentary on the first Mishnah of this parak of this chapter. And then we will continue in the next recording with the next Mishnah. Our Mishnah was discussing, we've been discussing this for a while, different scenarios where the court relies on one or two witnesses about the death of the husband. She goes ahead and she marries somebody else. And then the husband returns. And what are the various ramifications, whether it's one witness or two witnesses, one witness is a leniency. In general, we require two witnesses in order to make a certain ruling. And so our Gemara will now dis- will continue to discuss the scenario where there's one witness. So we rely on one witness. In general, we don't rely on one, one witness. But because of this situation where we want her to get married, the husband has been away, and we, we want her to get married, so we, were, we will rely on one witness. The, the, the Mishnah rules that if you rely on one witness... That is a ruling of the court. Since that's a ruling of the court, uh, so therefore, uh, if she made a mistake and the court really made a mistake and she, she married somebody else, the husband then returns, she's exempt from bringing a sin offering. A sin offering is brought if you made a mistake. Over here, she's relying on the court. If she relies on the court, it's not so simple, but this mission is taking the position that if she relies on the court, she's exempt from bringing a sin offering. And that's the position of our Mishnah. We will see that there's an opinion of the Gemara that argues and says that no, in this case, it's a question of is, is this based on a mistake of the facts on the ground or is this a mistake of a court ruling? There's, there'll be a dispute. If it's a mistake of a court ruling, so then there's, a, there's an exemption of the sin offering. If, the, if it's a mistake of the facts on the ground based on the one witness, so then... Uh, she would have to bring a sin offering because that's a mistake based on the facts on the ground. Now, what exactly is this dispute about is a, is a lengthy discussion. Uh, but one of the commentators, the Me'iri, says that it's about do we rely every single time that this happens? Is this based off the court ruling that was the ruling of our Mishnah that says when you rely, where we have, can have a leniency and rely on one witness, and so therefore really it is viewed as a court ruling, or do we, and so therefore she's exempt from a sin offering, or do we say that no, every single time this happens, that uh, this is really ends up being a mistake. The husband returns, and there, this was a mistake of the facts on the ground. When there's ever there's a mistake of the facts on the ground, so therefore she is required to bring a sin offering. Parallel to, as we're about to see in the, in the Gemara, parallel to a case, let's say, where um, there's a mistake about whether or not it's Shabbos. Let's say it's Saturday night, and it's towards the end of Shabbos. The court rules um, that it's, Shabbos is over, and now you could do work. The person does work, but then they realize that, you know what, we made a mistake, and, and it wasn't yet nightfall. And so therefore, it's really Shabbos. We say, you do have to bring a sin offering, because it was a ruling based on a mistake on the facts on the ground. And so there will be a dispute in our case, where you rely on one witness, is that, and then the husband comes back. The one witness said the husband died. The husband comes back. This mistake... Is this a mistake of the facts on the ground, or is this really just relying on the court? Um, so let's let's see this Gemara inside. Our Mishnah says that you do not bring a sin offering. However, Amr Zira Zira says Ziri says This is he says I I follow the position which is against our Mishnah that in fact you do have to bring a sin offering. How do I know? based on the following brisa of our study halls. We have a different source, which disagrees. And in, in essence, he compares this to the case that we just described, 
where you made a mistake as to whether or not it's the end of Shabbos. Whenever you make a mistake about whether or not it's the end of Shabbos, we don't say it's a court ruling. We say that, no, they made a mistake on the facts on the ground, and you do have to bring a sin offering. So too, in our case, it's like there was a mistake of the facts on the ground based on this one witness, and you have to bring a sin offering. Rav Nachman argues and says, no, Amar Harahi, Rav Nachman says that this is really a ruling from the court. He says, I can prove it. Amar Rav Nachman the Dorahi, I can prove that this is really based on a ruling of the court, and therefore there's an exemption of a sin offering. How do I know that this is a ruling of the court? Because in general, we do not rely on one witness. The only reason why we rely on one witness in this case is because the court originally said to rely on one witness in this case. Specifically in this case, you can rely on one witness. And so therefore, this is based on a ruling of not just this particular court, but it's based on a takana, based on on a ruling of the original court to say this is what it's going to be like from now on. To say that we can rely on one witness. Uh, because in general, we don't. So this is based on a ruling of the court. Therefore, if there's a mistake and the husband returns, she does not bring a sin offering. Amar Rava. Rava, however, argues and says, No, I can prove to you that this is really a mistake. It's not a court ruling, but this is a mistake of the facts on the ground. Parallel to making a mistake as to whether or not it's the end of Shabbos. Why? In essence, Rava says that if we were to compare this case and give a parallel case to cases of, let's say, um, whether or not food is kosher or not, then you're relying on the, uh, on the court. If, if originally we thought that uh, this piece is allowed, then we said we, ha- we have uh, a good reason to say that it's not allowed. We don't have the right now to go back and say that it's allowed. We can't go back to the original ruling because that's how, that's how court rulings work. If you, if you said it was allowed, then you said it's not allowed, so then you can't go back to say originally that it was allowed. However, in this case, if we have one witness who said that the husband died, then you have two witnesses who say that, no, at that time the husband, we know the husband's alive. Then to have another witness come back and say that the husband really died uh, at a later point in time, so then we do believe that. We do believe that. How could we go back on our ruling to say that the husband is really alive? The only way we could do that is by saying that this has nothing to do with court rulings, but this is just about figuring out facts on the ground. And there's all about mistakes about facts on the ground. So says Rava, since this is all about mistakes about facts on the ground, so therefore we will say that uh, she really does have to bring a sacrifice. Because this is all about mistakes. And then the Gemara says, Va'af Rabbi Eliezer suffered to tell us who. Even Rabbi Eliezer himself says that it's all about a mistake about the facts on the ground. Why? What did he say? Detanya Rabbi Eliezer Omer, Yikov Hadin Esahar, Betavi Chatas Shmena. He said that Yikov Hadin Esahar, that if you rely on one witness, that you do have to bring a sacrifice. Why? Because you have to analyze the depths of the matter, he says. You have to look into it and see that it's really not because of a court ruling, but it's really about a mistake. A mistake about the facts on the ground. The Gemara says, Bishlam You bring a sacrifice because it was a mistake. But if you say that this is really a court ruling, why would you bring a, a sacrifice if it was based on a court ruling? Um, uh, you don't bring a sacrifice as an individual. No, the Gemara says, No, Vidilma Kasavar, Yachid Shasabaraz, based in the the Gemara interjects and said, no, 
maybe the reason why you bring a sacrifice is because he's at Rebelezer's of the opinion that even if you rely on the court, you still bring a sacrifice as an individual. The Gemara says that can't be. Why? That can't be because the language of Rebelezer says to look into the, to the depths of this, to look into and analyze this situation about the fact that the mistake here is not a mistake on the analysis of the court. The mistake here is about the facts on the ground. And the facts on the ground uh, is, is really that there was a mistake on the facts on the ground. Uh, and so therefore, and therefore uh, she does have to bring a sacrifice. So it's really not about the fact that he disagrees about the law. What happens if there's a court ruling? He really agrees that if, if it was based on the court ruling, you would not bring a sacrifice over here. It's about the fact that there was a mistake on the facts on the ground. And then you would, in fact, bring a sacrifice of a sin offering. Okay, that is the first half of this recording. Now to move on to the second half, and the last part of the Mishnah. The Mishnah says, just going back for one last time, if you rely on one witness, she can then remarry, she can get married to somebody else. And if the husband comes back, so then they have to get divorced, and according to the Mishnah, she does not bring a sin offering, because she was relying on the court. Uh, but the last line of the Mishnah says, however, if there's a, a, a kilkala, if, there's a, if, she, if she messes up and she does something which is wrong, she doesn't just get married to somebody else, but she does something which is wrong. So then she does, in fact, have to bring a sin offering. The question is, what does it mean that she did something wrong? What did she do that was wrong? Michael Kala. So there's two different options of what she did what was wrong, as we'll see in the Gemara. One option is to say that she entered into a marriage which was not allowed, which would never have been allowed. Forget about this one witness. It would never have been allowed. For example, uh, let's say uh, she's a widow and she marries the Kohen Gadol, the high priest. That's not allowed. Or if she was previously divorced and she marries a Kohen, that's not allowed. Now, it's interesting because in this case, when the husband comes back, uh, she was never originally married to that second husband, technically. Uh, but we still say that she has to bring a sin offering for that, for that marriage. That's one option. The alternative option is that it wasn't, it's not as severe of a case, but it's a case where, uh, in essence, she just has sexual relations outside the context of marriage, which in general would not create a situation where she has to bring a sin offering. But in this case, we'll say that she does have to bring a sin offering. She's viewed as single. Um, but because the husband comes back, so therefore we will say that she does have to bring a sin offering. Sigmar says, Michael Kala, what, what mistake did she make? What, what, what did she do wrong? So these are two opinions. Rabbi Lezer Omer Zinsa. Rabbi Lezer says that she just had sexual relations outside the context of marriage. Rabbi Yochan Omer, Rabbi Yochan says, no, the cases where, as a widow, she marries the high priest, or which is not allowed, that marriage is not allowed, or uh, she was, in other cases where, let's say she was divorced, previously divorced in a different marriage, and then she marries a regular Kohen. These are forbidden relationships, forbidden marriages. So the Gemara explains, Ma'an... So if you take the position that says that uh, even in a case where she just has sexual relations outside the context of marriage as a single woman, so then if that in that case we require her to bring us an offering, so then certainly in a case where she does uh, a real bona fide sin of uh, entering into a marriage where she's not allowed to enter into. So then in that case, she certainly certainly will bring us an offering. However, if you take the position that what we mean by Kokala, where she makes a mistake, is only in a case where she enters into a forbidden relationship, but if she just if she has sexual relations outside the context of marriage, 
she could claim that I did nothing wrong. The court told me that I was single. So as a single person, uh, I'm having sexual relations outside the context of marriage. That alone will not require a to bring a sin offering. Uh, and so that's the analysis of Kilkula. The Gemara now says, We can bring a Bryce in support of Rabbi Yochanan that says as follows, The court announced that based on one witness, she's allowed to go ahead and get married. What does she do? She makes a mistake. And the Bryce says explicitly, What's the mistake? For example, entering into forbidden marriage, not just having sexual relations, but entering into a forbidden marriage. Chayevus uh, bekorban, you are required to bring a korban. You have to bring a you have to bring a sacrifice. So we see this supports um, this supports Rabbi Yochanan, who says that the case of where she made a mistake is limited to a case where it's not about necessarily about just any sexual relations outside the context of marriage, where she's not looking to get married, but it's specifically in the context of entering into a marriage that she's not allowed to enter into. Uh, for example, marrying a Cohen when she's not allowed to marry a Cohen. Just the Brysa continues, and this is an interesting part of the Brysa. The Brysa says, Al Kobia Vibia, You have to bring a sin offering. This is just a separate point, a side point. You have to bring a sin offering. A sin offering for what? Rebelazar says, For every time you have sexual relations within this marriage, which is forbidden, uh, where you're marrying uh, the Cohen or the Cohen God or the high priest, um, you have to bring a sin offering for every uh, time that they have sexual relations. The Chacham argue, and they say, no. Korban al You have to bring one sacrifice for the entire relationship. Is it on, when you have this forbidden relationship, is that on every act of sexual relations? Or is it on the entire relationship, or just one sacrifice for sin offering for the entire relationship? So the Chachamim, the sages, the majority who say that you only bring one sin offering for that particular relationship, not for every single time you have sexual relations. So they happen, they agree to Rebbe Lazar that if they have five different relationships which are forbidden, so then it's a sacrifice for every single one of those relationships. If it's to five different people, so then you would have to bring a separate sin offering for each one. If it's to one person, so then even if they have sexual relations multiple times, it's one sacrifice for the entire uh, forbidden relationship, even if they have sexual relations multiple times. But they agree that if they have multiple relationships which are forbidden, so then they would have to bring multiple sacrifices. So that is the conclusion of our Gemara on this topic. We will continue with the next Mishnah in the next recording.